0: Welcome all to the Mandalorian Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim Territories. My name is Matt, and joining me in the living Borders meet the minds of Mandaloras, Pete. Hello there, Pete.
1: What up, all my Mandos and Mandats? The Mandalorian Podcast by Fantastic Geek dons our helmets for Chapter 22, Guns for Hire
0: pete about to dive into the star wars universe in uh, a quick survey that also runs deep have to mention over there in the other space-based story universe tomorrow we'll be talking picard episode 308 and of course pete in this week when there is the star wars celebration convention there also was first contact day which uh star trek has used in recent years to be a launching pad a a place for fans to gather around the virtual table pete what great news did they give us for first contact day this year
1: they gave us the the news after an earnings report that there's a new series and you got that a couple days before because they were trying to head off poor press
0: yeah no first contact day nothing not a trailer or a thing okay. or a nothing
1: uh, speaking of first contact matt reported here last week now officially confirmed secret invasion that's the marvel studios forthcoming uh samuel L. jackson joint for disney plus will begin streaming on d- june 21st our marvel secret invasion podcast uh has a episode all dedicated to that date and more news
0: uh and continuing the fun on disney plus it was officially confirmed at star wars celebration pete which i think we can just call celebration at this point um that the ahsoka series will happen in august which coincidentally pete would be uh it's going to be by my math the last july in uh, pardon me, the last Wednesday in July or Thursday, depending on what they do it for Secret Invasion. Uh, but that's when that will be wrapping up at the end of July. So, Pete, we could have one, two, three, four, five days of Wednesdays or Thursdays uh, in August when Ahsoka could come out. So let the speculation begin.
1: Yes, uh, remains to be seen if they'd go right away. That first Wednesday would be August 2nd. Uh, or take it through the end of the month. Um, We know that they're dedicated to not overlapping like they did last year with um, Obi-Wan and uh, Ms. Marvel. Uh, But we'll wait for that date, as if, Matt, the date for Andor had never changed before. Um, And, of course, we're going to go into greater detail all of Celebration... Uh, early next week. We're going to be bringing you a uh, podcast Tuesday for that. But Ahsoka has formally announced its directors. Uh, We had the Thrawn uh, actor confirmed just this morning as Lars Mickelson, the same from star Wars rebels. So bringing over the voice actor there, Uh, Matt is putting the finishing touches on the old ahsoka uh album art for the podcast and our feed will be launching soon and carrying that massive uh star wars celebration podcast we'll be doing
0: pete as an aside uh, as we're dealing with all these different story galaxies here as you said we'll talk star wars celebration on tuesday uh we'll be having a mario monday to talk the delightful super mario brothers movie Um, which does also feature space travel and, um, you know, strange creatures and all that.
1: It does, and anybody that tells you that it's not wonderful just has some sort of strange axe to grind. Matt, so much coming out of celebration here, but uh, for maybe my mind amongst the biggest news we're going to be taking the Star Wars film universe now from the TV universe.
0: Pete, do you think that Star Wars can successfully transition to movie screens?
1: <laughs> I do, okay? And the announcement here rumblings the night before but now official that Dave Filoni uh will uh, move into film directing having uh you know show run and directed the initial episode of uh ahsoka and the the phrase the verbology matt is a little vague culminating the mando course. a
0: a culmination pete this could just be a pit stop before Star Avengers
1: yes star Avengers
0: um e- yeah either way the notion i mean to me it is a very natural idea also by the way undated Starvengers, directed by filoni um that doesn't mean you know therefore oh in two weeks mando dies and they go find the killer to or whatever it is like that it could be pete it could be a movie that comes out five years from now that films three and a half years from now with lots and lots of seasons of mando and more time with boba fett and fennec shand and ahsoka and uh cob vanth etc etc lots and lots of time to get there i would almost argue pete it's beneficial knowing that there is a culmination coming not the end of the journey just that we are headed towards something big uh, i welcome it
1: acolyte we've seen the first footage of here at the the big kind of keynote overview for uh celebration um not formally announced but some idea it could be out in 2023 uh on top of the skeleton crew uh trailer which they seem committed at this point for 2023 i mean Whenever they come out, they come out. But uh, footage from both looking uh, mighty fine, acolyte, really action oriented, and the pitch, Matt. I don't know if you heard this was Frozen meets um, Kill Bill, uh, told from the villain's perspective.
0: I know too, kind of the the sizzling idea that we're so used to the rebels being you know in in, in low in numbers and so forth now we will root for the villains of which there are only a few
1: um two. It's, always two there are
0: it's not that i'm not looking towards acolyte okay the notion of frozen meets kill bill and root for the bad guy uh, we'll see well i'm excited for uh, another well thought out tale in the star wars universe in a portion of the timeline that is fairly new that of the high
1: Republic so Ross is a jedi sign me up
0: um, i know too pete seeing the footage for skeleton crew pete i have questions first of all can star wars can 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 a, uh, a story universe like this deal with a bunch of prodigy kids uh out there in the stars that's number one number two are they insulting me by saying that sometimes star wars might be for children or with children i can't imagine children ever getting into the star wars stuff can i
1: Can a a streamer run a Stranger Things with some ETs in an Amblin-esque atmosphere by one of the producers that that brought you Steven Spielberg's beloved classic? Uh, You you will believe eventually.
0: Oh, good. I know, too, there was some footage of the next season the final season of andor tony gilroy talking about his relief to know that they're all working towards an endpoint, um, and all of that uh it's confirmed for 2024 uh so that feels like a ways away but i guess we'll get there we'll get there when we get there uh along with you know these other shows along the way to keep us interested
1: Currently shooting in Spain. A lot of exterior stuff there. There's been a ton of video that has hit online. Speaking of being online, Matt, if you do not want the next chapter of The Mandalorian, chapter 23, spoiled, uh, which was shown at Celebration yesterday, I propose that you get the heck offline okay because we have now officially gone through all the footage they have shown us ahead of time uh you have been warned
0: uh good heads up there uh you know we're hop skipping and jump away from wednesday looking forward to 307 the penultimate uh penultimate chapter of the season and knowing that there's potentially live footage out there is uh it's a good warning
1: oh and oh yeah ray skywalker is back
0: uh, indeed, uh, bringing Ray back, bringing Daisley Ridley back for the movie directed by Charmin Obeyed Chinoy. Uh, yes, some flux in the writing department, but um, I don't know. Definitely looking forward to that. The notion that it takes place 15 years after uh, after the last film. Um, definitely looking forward to that, to the expansion of the Star Wars timeline. So Pete, I know we've covered Filoni. We've now covered the Ray movie. What didn't we talk about?
1: The James Mangold, that's the director of your uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which we'll also touch upon since that's a Lucasfilm joint when we do the Star Wars Celebration uh, podcast. Uh, He has been given the uh, third film, the one set the earliest in the time frame, 25,000 years before the original film. Uh, this the Dawn of the Jedi, period, as it's been dubbed. Not necessarily a title to the film, but certainly could be. Uh, called, really, a biblical epic. So the films now are going to mine the different eras, and we're going to go super-duper earliest possible. We're going to go uh, uh, Filoni, Favreau, Mandoverse. We're going to go uh, furthest out with uh ray rebuilding the jedi order still think we're gonna hear from finn possibly even maybe to close out celebration
0: pete kathleen (laughs) kennedy also mentioning oh you've heard about all those other star wars movies that have been canceled no 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 she says we have not canceled lando we have not canceled the game of thrones guys trilogy we have not canceled Uh, the uh, Knives Out Guys duology plus we have not canceled the Kevin Feige movie we have not canceled Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron Uh, none of it's been canceled it's just all being developed for unstated times and places so there's that Pete it's never say no
1: I mean listen you're always going to develop more than actually hits the screen I think takeaway Waititi
0: is still in development.
1: <laughs> I think Star Wars has a speculation problem in that, listen, uh, this, Marvel, they're the ones that, that get the most attention. They've made the most bucks. And what do you know, Matt? You know, they have critics. They have detractors. Um, yeah, I will take it. And I will also take it with this delightful yet criticized by internet uh, 'er ne'er-do-well's episode of The Mandalorian.
0: Well, indeed, Pete, it's time to hit the hunt.
1: A Quarren ship makes its way through space as an underling carries a fish in a glass of water that he dumps into a larger tank his captain floats in before gulping it down. The helmsman tells her he's found a way to bypass the trade routes to Trask. That's the estuary moon scene in season two. Uh, She's also told that sensors detect an Imperial ship, which she asks if they can defeat, but it is too heavily fortified. She has them hail the leader and disengage her tank to sit in the captain's chair as the Imperial light cruiser bears down on them. She calls them imperial friends and declares they're on their way to do business in the mid-rim. Unaware of local warlords uh, requiring payment, a familiar voice communicates he is not a criminal. She meant no disrespect as basic is not her native tongue and will gladly hire them for protection. Aboard the stolen ship from Moff Gideon, Axe Woves clarifies they are not Imperial, but Mandalorian and sadly already on a job to track Captain Shuggeth down as docking clamps can be heard, which she calls an act of war.
0: We have this, earlier in the scene, this wonderful aquarium chair situation uh atrarium i'm not quite sure um <laughs> can't wait for the behind the scenes to find out you know did they have an actress in latex and dentures in water with access to a breathing tube in between takes and so forth because it looked so good just the yeah. whole thing looked fantastic uh ditto for the return of axe Woves. love to see casca reeves there as well uh the, the, the former Sasha banks recently no longer with WWE wasn't getting the respect or the storylines or the whatever um so g- glad that they're both back here indeed it is cosca Reeves who is sent over to the uh Quirin vessel to um to get the the, the missing calamari uh, that's what they've been hired to do of course Pete it's Romeo and Juliet from water-based people here it's not about lovely line here john favreau it's not about the uh recently uh dispensed with Quarren calamari uh, war it's not about war it's about love um and ultimately the goodbyes are given with that uh Quarin captain saying goodbye to the calamari prince um and as the prince is pulled away aren't mandalorians loyal yes for credits oh <gasps> tying directly into things from last week and theories for this week and stories for next week as we hit that title card with uh, Chapter 22, Guns for Hire.
1: Headed to the aforementioned plazier 15. Hey, Matt, that's where those Mandalorians had a contract. Bocaton's ship streaks into the atmosphere of the inviting planet with large pleasure domes where she locates that fleet with its stolen imperial ships. she tells dinjarin took her a long time to assemble she knows axe is their leader now and will take some convincing to join them in retaking mandalore the planet is not on the new republic registry so she guesses they've been hired for protection He guesses Axe won't be happy to see her, so she'll land outside their perimeter and go in on foot when corny fanfare comes over the comm, welcoming them to the Outer Rim's only remaining direct democracy. They've been assigned a docking slip, and Automated Guinness grabs hold of the ship. She turns to Grogu telling him they're going for a ride, which he coos in enthusiasm at. The ship's, uh puts down, and they meet a pair of Imperial droids who tell them to proceed to their Hyperloop pod. Din asks Bo why they have them, uh, but his guess is as good as theirs. Indeed,
0: Pete, this sort of airport tram taking them to some sort of experimental potted city of tomorrow don't know where they get this stuff from uh, the bot voice on the Hyperloop pod asks for chain codes which are scanned and uh, they are told that they cannot go to the troops which are outside the city indeed they're going to uh, go meet the leaders of this place one kind of light cycle ride later um, and there's tension as they step out on the exterior heading into the interior with uh or finding rather a leisurely dinner with uh jack black and lizzo yes jack black and lizzo see pete they are keeping star wars weird and this is fantastic anyone want the secretion sip sip
1: the way that this is framed to look like Empire strikes back and heading into the banquet hall there with Darth Vader, but instead have it be, you know, really far shot away from Jack Black, from Lizzo here. Bryce Dallas Howard's direction, again, flawless. This gigantic creature over the uh, alien banquet table suspended with hoses coming out that they're, they're drinking these secretions uh one of which is a frog person again you know just lovely lovely stuff here and as they sit uh jack black's character later called captain bombardier addresses the bantha in the room having been an imperial facilities planning officer during the war but thanks to the amnesty program as we can see he's got the pin on um he has helped rebuild the planet the duchess that's lizzo's character explains they suffered greatly before her husband arrived as part of his rehabilitation uh to oversee the rebuilding of her family's noble settlement and she asks to hold grogu which Din says he doesn't take kindly to strangers, but when she holds up a fish, he flips out of his pod and into her arms.
0: Uh, And indeed the Duchess as played by Lizzo looking delighted as Grogu jumps over Uh, the, the pair note proudly that this planet is now led by Royals and elected leaders. Uh, As for that Mandalorian fleet, they must stay outside the city as per the rules of this land. But, uh, slightly nervous look let's go talk about the view over there no no those at the table no need to get up we're just going to talk about the view whisper whisper there's a droid problem the imperial droids have been reprogrammed for peace reprogrammed by captain bombardier Um, uh, but there have been problems things like deleted tasks traffic accidents leading to injuries even assault the constabulary cannot deal with Uh, these droid problems particularly the battle droids uh the constabulary doesn't even carry weapons uh and of course the standing army is prevented from entering the city which is you know just the teensy weensiest little bit of story baloney that lets bo katan and mando be at the center of the story which is what we want anyway uh because they are allowed weapons and armor due to it being part of their culture Uh, so they can go eliminate the droid problem Uh, but this is not charity we are told because this is a delightful i won't say side quest because that's a pejorative but this is a delightful you know exploration of a self-contained story that also is contributing to the larger uh, themes of the season and story of the season uh this excursion will be considered to be diplomacy between Plazier 15 and mandalore you know queen kree's uh we the people of plazier 15 can acknowledge you your leadership and so forth um and with all this politics it seems Bo is a little you know like oh that time has passed i don't really know about it mando what do you think pete quoting one of the great films of the 1990s or at least evoking it they had mando at battle droids
1: they did it's a great line there um and to bring all this together i mean matt the the criticism that's been layered upon this episode really star wars law and order when you get down to it i i don't understand what is not to like but from battle droids to christopher lloyd who explains They were reprogrammed to serve the community from the stockpile of captured Imperial robotics scheduled to be scrapped on Carthon. That's the chop planet where we last saw Migs Mayfeld uh, rescued from to uh, help with a little bit of a job that they had in season two.
0: Uh, Indeed, he uh not named until later in the episode but he commissioner hellgate uh that's h-e-l-g-a-i-t thank you very much disney people who don't read the words out loud see it's a perfectly fine name uh he shows them footage of the droids going increasingly wild um he does note that there's a droid kill switch that could make all these problems go away but the citizens have voted via their direct diplomacy and they want their droids to remain to do all the work um as for which just as a side note pete i'm not look like we have talked about in past weeks uh star wars not usually you know holding a mirror up to our current society and so forth occasionally it does we're definitely meant to i think have a bad rap against direct diplomacy as opposed to you know a more uh you know a democratic republic and all of that and i'm not quite sure what the episode is saying about direct diplomacy but i know this pete They don't want us to linger on this too long. If you would like to see a list of broken droids, you can't get that from Commissioner Hellgate. You must go down into the depths to go talk to the Ugnots. They're the ones who have the know.
1: Yes. So as the elevator descends here, Din says this is what happens when they, because he does not rely on droids, Bo is anxious that they be on their way. And when they arrive, the Ugnaughts are unresponsive as they labor on all sorts of droids. Din identifies himself as a friend of Quill, Tyr, which gets their attention. He has spoken. Later, they sit around a table enjoying droid served refreshments as he tells them their mission to hunt down the malf- malfunctioning droid. Uh, one Ugnaught denies he has spoken din convinces them to hand over a list of the locations of the droids they seek and is in their debt he has spoken
0: i felt like the main uh ugnot mask being used here had perhaps greater articulation than we saw in season one um if so it has me wondering what you know are they working on future masks of uh, ugnot or otherwise for future shows um but i love this this notion here of mando uh complimenting them on their smithing power uh and both sides here have a task to complete and as you say pete they get that list next stop is the loading docks where a uh a battle droid is running the show as super battle droids move cargo and what's great about this scene pete is that they were able to get miley cyrus to voice the droid <laughs> Maybe that people is... have seen the meme where <laughs> yes. her, her her voice, perhaps uh, addled by one too many cigarettes, uh, is similar to that of the Battle Droid. Pete, who actually is doing the Battle Droid voice here,
1: I I couldn't tell you the uh, person, but it's the OG, going back to the uh, the prequels and to uh, the Clone Wars and and Rebels. So yeah, it's the the performer we want doing that voice uh they our heroes
0: are told that the entire line is being maintained properly with all the appropriate security updates and so forth mando starts kicking super battle droids uh one of which you know has a mild stumble and keeps going and another i peter must confess i didn't actually count to see if it was the third one but i think it perhaps in the classic rule of these threes was the third one to get kicked it then you know beep boop and hits mando back probably harder than a man even in a metal suit should be hit but but, uh
1: anded across the beskar there before booking
0: uh leading to a fun chase scene i don't mean to downplay it by just saying there's a chase scene that ends with mando and Bo, uh you know taking down the metal beast but uh it's it's a good bit of teamwork there run 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 jump 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 you keep going i'll go around the bend we'll we'll you know corner him that sort of thing uh it's a it's a fun scene.
1: It is. And to see a battle droid of this heft move this way. But again, man, all it does is upset haters. Wait, droids can run. Now this does not compute. Um, Ultimately uh, tossing a a crate and an antenna. um, Bo-Katan jetpacking over uh, some debris And she and Din split up with him running through a cantina and tackling the droid before pulling his blaster only to have her catch up and shoot it down from behind.
0: They really need to stop, Bo, and Mando need to stop attacking a thing. And one of them is at the 12 o'clock position and the other is at the 6 o'clock position and they're both prepared to shoot or they both do shoot because I'm telling you, it worked with the pirates last time Uh, one of these days the blast is going to go through or they're going to miss and one of the other is going to get hit i know they're both in armor and whatnot but i'm just saying can we can we can we go with a perpendicular attack here um they're they're a race of warriors come on um ultimately the the downed uh beastie here has a spark pad which i guess in context is like a business card for droid folk uh which leads them to the resistor a droid bar. Uh, they decide it's time to check it out. And they do. Uh, there's a little conversation on the way, you know, should we good cop it? Should we bad cop it? Mando, you're always bad copying it, and so forth. Um, but once they're in there, we see droids clinking glasses, familiar designs about CU, Star Tours guy, CU repurposed uh, protocol droids, and so forth. Uh, Pete, did I see uh also the droid smith design which uh was in clone wars and i understand will be in ahsoka uh did i see that design in there as well
1: reminiscent of i don't think um meant to be the same droid
0: i certainly not mean to suggest it was the same character if nothing else maybe it was like because again folks increasingly be in the mindset here that star wars begets star wars and 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 so forth and lucasfilm begets lucasfilm a la let's do a quite good luke skywalker let's do a better luke skywalker let's do de-aged harrison ford like this all it all feeds itself so i'm wondering pete maybe this was the prototype for what we'll see in ahsoka but since it's just a prototype hey let's see how it reads on screen We need a bunch of droids anyway and you get you know you get your money's worth for the prototype you get your money's worth for the real one uh in august just a
1: stunning like deep blue reflective protocol droid, not just the designs, but the, the color choices and, you know, look how many years past the original with the cantina have we flipped the script now, you know, a droid bar, a droid cantina and, uh, the organics, uh, not really being welcome.
0: Uh, the, Music, of course, has stopped because we're full, you know, leaning into Old West, uh, you know, saloon here. The bartender droid confirms that this is the bar called The Resistor. Manda wants answers or now or else. Shocky stick, later on promise of, might pull out your, you know, your ear sensors. Uh, Bo says, come on over here. Can't we do more of the good cop thing? Let's not paint all the droids with the same brush here. Uh, it is revealed, Pete, that this is a bar of friendly, helpful droids. The bartender droid saying that uh, that they want to help. Indeed, the droids here are refurbished and reprogrammed. They want to, to embrace the second chance that they've been given. They don't want to be replaced by uh, human labor. After all, human life is so short. And uh, doing the work that humans gives them is the least that can be done by these droids. The implication being droids that will long outlive the humans who created them and so forth. All agree in positive chirps and chortles and so forth. Um, And then Pete, a little bit of time passes and we get more info in the back room.
1: The bartender explains the droids are served nepenthe, a viscous lubricant that protects against wear while delivering program refreshing subparticles as main frame commands change i need that done in like uh, a sprite commercial (laughs) (laughs) um he sorts through a box of spark pads and says that all the malfunctioning droids drank from the same batch matt a bad batch
0: i see what you did there pete um we with that we go to the coroner i guess the droid coroner um where a med droid helps take a nepenthe sample uh as the human tech says let's uh analyze it run it through the centrifuge and yes sure enough there are particles and they're active which almost right on cue then the med droid goes from green to red firing lasers galore Uh, until our heroes down them pete not just down them in any way specifically mando chops it in half with the dark saber you see that'll play an important role later in the story so we needed a reminder here that he had the dark saber also it was convenient since blaster
1: fire was difficult checkoffs dark saber matt on this white interrogation droid uh that had pulled the subparticles out which they uh, put in the old microscope here, the uh, female technician explaining they're actually nanodroids. Um, Bo sees writing, uh, which is a chain code showing they were originally manufactured by the (laughs) techno union before being requisitioned illegally by the head of security, (gasps) Commissioner Hellgate with with a name like that, of course he's he's up to no good. It should be noted, Matt, the Arabesh that appears on here, uh people have translated and it says the fans will translate that this. This means nothing.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. I do know, Pete, there is a there's a YouTube channel that some of our listeners enjoy very, very much, and I won't tell them otherwise, but much of this youtube channel's uh coverage seems to be guy enthusiastically saying i translated all the things from this week's episode to kenobi look in the background above the bar it says bar and next to that it says bank what does it mean uh it means we're in i don't know a city i don't know. tell you anyhow we all we all make our way through the universe as we can to commissioner hellgate uh um he's far too busy far too busy no 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 we know you were oh, the oh, bad
1: oh, i can't help you
0: <laughs> um all of a sudden he's up hand above the red button he's removed the protective plastic covering by the way um the reveal nobody move uh for a push of this button will revert the battle droids into well battle droids Ah uh, he monologues about how he's not a quitter, didn't give up to the corrupt old republic to the empire. He's not going to give uh, give anything up now. indeed, Pete, he is a separatist in support whoa, of whoa, democracy.
1: Whoa whoa, 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 Matt, this isn't that kind of podcast, okay? First off, that's pejorative and this is political.
0: um Pete, he just wants his, you know, separatist confederacy here. and, It's around that point that he gets a shock dart from Bo-Katan. But of course, Pete, before he gets shocked, uh, we get, I I think, what's
1: called an Easter egg.
0: Uh,
1: No, not really. (laughs) A a mention of Count Dooku as a visionary cut short in his prime by the Jedi before he's knocked out. That's not an Easter egg. Uh, That is a tip of the hat to Star Wars history.
0: At least we can agree, Pete, the Count Dooku was cut short. He was cut short by about a head and two hands. <laughs> um, back to the royal playground we go, uh, where the Duchess makes a, a throw of. Pete, were those droid centipede ladybugs or
1: Roly bug bugs? Like, I like, c- could not tell. if okay. They were, uh, you know, organic. ...or synthetic, but of course, Matt, the soon-to-be knighted Sir Grogu will not let his milady, uh leave without a uh, quadroblast, which no one, not even her husband, has ever seen.
0: Uh, but Hellgate is brought here. Why is he under arrest? He says that he is the cause, but he takes no blame. Indeed, it's people like Captain Bombardier who are to blame the duchess wonders if we cannot forgive people like captain bombardier for now though uh very conspicuously hellgate is being taken off to a specific moon of exile giving us the hopes pete that we can maybe get more of christopher lloyd here um mission accomplished mando and bo katan are now going to be allowed to speak to the privateers that they came for originally uh oh no pete it's yet another episode of the mandalorian which When you're watching it, you're like, we could have gone from A to B, but instead we took a story detour of delightful adventure, great visuals, interesting characters, and so forth, and bound to be an instant classic. Uh, But they get given the key to the planet, and as you mentioned, Pete, Grogu made a knight of the Ancient Order of Independent Regencies, which if you spell out that acronym, it doesn't spell anything interesting, but uh, (laughs) still... (gasps) Ew! Each... <laughs> <There> you... <gasps> Pete, maybe this is the grand conjunction of Star Wars and Winnie
1: the Pooh. I don't know, Sir Grogu. We salute thee. They take the hyperloop to the landing field number three, but Bo doesn't know how she'll play it until they arrive. Acts asks her a question. If she's come back to rejoin the mercenaries, but she defiantly tells him she's come to reclaim her fleet, challenging him for it, which he accepts.
0: It's a it's a really, really good fight scene. We got some jumping, okay? We got some jetpack uh, you know, like shoulder drop to the middle stuff. We got some choking, we got some blades that are out. Uh, no blood spilled here thank goodness uh, ultimately pete you'll never guess it bo wins saying that the mandalorians are stronger together uh, but axe woves notes that uh, st- the, the stories the legend says that the mandalorian should be lead by uh, he or she who wields the dark saber but he who does that's your dinjarin of the mandalorian uh, is not a true mandalorian by blood and he's a zealot to boot but you're ready for some math here is not the winner of the winner of the dark saber the winner because indeed the dark saber was taken in combat and since we had a previously on the mandalorian mando's blade was taken by the captor and Bo defeated the captor therefore the mathematical inverse outverse transitive theory <laughs> means <laughs> she keeps the she gets the Darksaber, which. If this was a parody, you would have all the Mandalorians kind of going, um, counting on their fingers and going, yeah, yeah. Instead, <laughs> we just kind of have them sitting there kind of mentally going, yeah, yeah. Um And thus, Pete, I give the final scene to you. Uh,
1: Din Djarin returns the Darksaber to who he calls its rightful owner and Bo-Katan Kree's princess of Mandalore takes it igniting it triumphantly to end the episode. Let's chase down some theories. Matt, I need me some more C, Romeo, and Juliet in space. I mean, I...
0: It's funny. When it comes to Star Trek, I kind of get annoyed when there's clearly something that is vaguely an attempt to extended universe it. I think, you know, Star Trek has a less uh solid track record than Star Wars when it comes to kind of quality, like you you know, everybody must read Air to the Empire or everybody must, you know, hear the key things to see from rebels or whatever it might be. Um, but I completely agree. Point me in the direction of the Marvel Comics for Issue limited series that's about these two. I'm there for it. Point well, me. I
1: think this is going to completely pop up in future episodes <clears throat> of this Mando verse. Here, I mean, we've been to Trask. We've run afoul of, of uh, some of the Quarren before, as shown in the previously on. It was really the uh, Fulcrum, uh, non Ahsoka, there by which. Um, katan and Din met, that uh, he was rescued uh, by the night owls. And then the Mon Calamari here, which we've seen a number of times, just, again, filling this universe out. I'd love to return to this storyline. I'm hopeful we will.
0: Pete, I am shocked that after five weeks, five episodes of me saying, don't forget Mando season two really threaded future you know not just future storylines future shows uh that i have potentially missed out on the opportunity here to say oh man see romeo and uh river juliet here uh indeed could be showing up as soon as uh ahsoka in the summer so i love that or skeleton crew you know in the winter in the fall whatever that looks like for skeleton crew um i love the notion that they that they can return i mean ditto for what i think is a very uh noteworthy exit here for commissioner hellgate in terms of not just like and thus you go to prison it's like exile on the exile moon which gets named and so on and so forth um we had been talking all season you know given that this was shot under pro, uh co- covid not just covid protocols but a greater covid threat uh, than there is now indeed pete it's only in the next month that hollywood will be truly sunsetting uh covid protocols they've uh, been dealing with the same protocols since uh the return to work etc etc but we've wondered christopher lloyd given his age is it just a voice part given you know given you don't want to expose him etc etc love that we get him in live action here i will just mention pete from a production perspective do you notice how he has a big giant desk all to himself and when they do finally uh knock him out it's via a long distance zappy zap and when he has to go talk to uh every yeah when he has to go talk to the duchess he's similarly far from everybody and then computer generated droids take him away so good job keeping christopher lloyd healthy good job keeping commissioner hellgate around i would similarly hope ahsoka skeleton crew i would hope that we get more of him in some capacity
1: soon 84 years young, and every reason why Din Djarin would keep his helmet on on top of his, uh, you know, uh, recognition of the Mandalorian creed. But uh, I don't know, Matt, you know, started in the first episode this season. Oh, I need to uh, get IG-11 fixed. Oh, what? Uh, These droid smiths uh, can't help me right now. I go to a planet where they have a droid problem and there's these droid particles that are actually nanites that could do the beeps and the boops. Oh, side quest or smartly seeding the story throughout the season?
0: Well, you know, the example I keep returning to is the Ice Spider episode that no one looks back and says man that was a waste of time instead you go what great effects what great you know kind of pg-13 star wars sci-fi horror uh as the bugs are chasing them and references to aliens and we kind of you know there's so many great positives there you know when that episode came out i'm sure there were people that were like just get me from a to b and look the whole episode is not advancing the cause of what was it finding the finding the jedi for grogu and that sort of thing um similarly i mean i don't want to say i'm frustrated i i i can't wait to see how the whole season ends and maybe in this uh sixth episode i was maybe i was looking for something that was more get us to a conclusion but this is a wonderful like i said we get We get everything that is Star Wars in this episode. Weird aliens, weird uh, settings, you know, the droid bar in particular. um, Just this ethereal, you know, it's not literally a city in the clouds, but an ethereal, you know, happy place. You know, it's almost like a Star Trek kind of, you know, there are no no jobs. Everyone can read and consider how they're going to vote and play sport and fall in love and all of that. Like, we got taken to an unusual place and nonetheless, at the end, got... This resolution here of a the cool Mandalorian nation. fleet, yeah, it's okay. a okay. Uh,
1: a, a check of what have these Mandalorian privateers uh, been up to who say they're loyal, that Uh, if you have the credits, um, gee, what was the story we came out of last week? Some potential mandalorian involvement there's there's beskar shrapnel in moff gideon's prison shuttle that gasp never got to where it needed to be okay not answered this episode but i don't know maybe off screen maybe uh next week hey guys you know now that i'm your leader again what have you been up to oh hey remember moff gideon well we took a gig
0: um i would add to that too particularly since we're talking um you know we're talking theories here and so forth um i was a little surprised this way in season two i was surprised that in the finale they dropped the axe wolves character that we did not get more simon cassianidas in that finale now if you want to say we already were you know had the return of cara dune to the story and we had uh Bo-Katan and the decision to bring back um to bring back Costca Reeves instead like you know fine not a complaint here I thought it was nice to kind of bring him back again um now that said if we are setting up let me this way do I think John Favreau has a and Dave Filoni do I think that they have a favorite character Axe Wolves versus Costca Reeves I think it's probably Costca Reeves uh, played by Sasha Banks and so forth, although I think she goes credited Mercedes
1: by... Bernardo.
0: There you go. Um, so I think that they like that character more, which, if nothing else, Pete, is a long way to say, if it is revealed that, like, hey, uh, we were all just following orders from Axe Woves, he is the one who has sold out our people, and now he gets put out in an airlock or kicked out of the cool club or whatever it is, um, which then might mean more screen time for, uh, you know, f- for Mercedes Renato, aka Casca Reeves. You know, I think we could see we could see the growth of her character uh, as we head into yet another Mando finale.
1: Yeah, and you know, knowing what I know about next week's episode, which is a banger, um, you know, the the trajectory of the season is there just because some people don't see it. You've said this, I've said this, you know, you look back on a season and it's like, Oh, now I understand why they went here. Um, Just let it play out already. (laughs) Um, Particularly the robot thing. Like they're hitting you over the head with that. So, you know, there's a reason it exists. It's not, oh, we're going to put some stuff in an episode. That's not what this is um, in their biggest season. And boy, does that come through next week. Um, But, you know, th- this is like I said, it's like a Law and Order episode of uh Star Wars with two Mandalorian detectives, which is really cool, yet has led to youtubers to claim pedro pascal has problems with john favreau and quit again <laughs>
0: i don't know how people know right that pedro pascal does not make most of these episodes like if you didn't know that
1: it also is beyond in demand right now
0: yeah like this is part of the I mean, look it was it was a cute game to play in the first season we played along too like here's when they filmed and right smack dab in the middle of filming season one was when Pedro Pascal was doing you know it was in a supporting role I think for Macbeth but doing a Shakespeare play on Broadway for eight weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it was like this is part of the reason why Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder the two primary um doubles actors stunt doubles would you know see all the above this is why they now have their name in the credits because i think we all agreed particularly those involved with the show you know pedro pascal is the star of the show but it takes three people to play mando um particularly if you're going to have your cake and eat it too in terms of like go be a star on another show that's also going to get mentioned part and parcel like every every last of us Blurb is also going to mention the Mandalorian and vice versa. So it's only for the good of everybody. Um But yeah, like he's, he's, he's there for the success of the show. And it, it it's a lazy YouTuber that claims the jo- that that, uh, that Pedro Pascal is no longer a part of filming these episodes because that's always been the case.
1: Yeah. And, and that that's somehow going to end. Please just stop and recognize that most of your audience are not idiots um the sir grogu uh bit certainly interesting matt left uh luke skywalker's company and uh now has already been knighted
0: <laughs> i i did wonder was that portion included for some sort of forward looking uh plot use that we don't yet understand or was it an attempt to keep grogu in this episode i mean kind of outline form grogu really has no role um grogu is not under threat grogu yeah you know, like there's there's kind of no there's no grogu in this episode despite the fact that the pod comes along for all these scenes and again kind of through retrospective eyes here what's part of the reason why he is cool with the duchess well because for whatever reason including there's threatening things that are going to happen uh while you know with Mando and Bo-Katan uh it's just easier to it's easier from a Grogu safety perspective a little alone storytelling perspective to just not have the pod along the entire time as a story consideration um so again is it just like uh we got no Grogu for this final bit here so I don't know give him a give him a thing and then you get cute Grogu close-ups um you know, it could be that. I'm not complaining if that's the case because part of the secret sauce of the show clearly is Grogu. I do think that there are moments this season where the show is not exactly sure what to do with Grogu as we're dealing with other issues.
1: Again, let it play out. <laughs> um, there are a number of characters on this show. The narrative can't sustain all of them at once, at every time. That's also lazy writing. And then they all went here, and then they all went there. Like, when a super battle droid is tearing through a crowd, as you mentioned before, the idea that, and the pod will, you know, float behind them as they're doing this. No. Of course you're going to let Lizzo pet him, and, you know, that he's going to purr, Uh, when he's given the little snacks there and uh, hang out and use the Force to help her, you know, do game things.
0: Uh, Speaking of Lizzo, I can't wait uh, for the behind the scenes here if we get some sort of... uh, I would just love to know when Favreau decided that she would be perfect for this role. Uh, Pete, Lizzo, talented performer, classically trained flautist, um, perhaps... Perhaps not going to win an Emmy for her performance in this episode, which is a okay. In fact, if anything, I think Jack Black, who, you know, Jack Black, while not, I think, destined for a best actor Oscar one day, Jack Black, a very accomplished performer, I think that they are great scene partners for each other in terms of Jack Black doing his thing at maybe not 110%, but Jack Black going 101% as he always does. And that's kind of giving to Lizzo, who's, who again, Uh, known for things other than her acting but I'd love to know when she got scooped in for Star Wars I know you pointed out to me Pete that uh, a couple of Halloweens ago she dressed up as Grogu and walked around uh, you know uh, Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood I know that uh, within the last pardon me this past September when the uh, Library of Congress asked her to uh, again a classically trained flautist to play a crystal flute given to president james madison um all the kind of people who you think would be upset about an african-american woman playing a flute once owned by a president who owned slaves all the people who were upset by that we shouldn't be upset that those people were upset about that she did a fantastic job by the way check out the footage on youtube if you just type in lizzo crystal flute you'll see her in the library of congress uh playing some lovely renditions there it's absolutely it's absolutely wonderful and a moment of reflection and what the flute has seen throughout these hundred years and all that really fantastic stuff. And again, Lizzo, a great addition in this episode.
1: It's a great cameo to reach for. You pull from the modern, you pull from, all right, whatever we're going to say, Jack Black is. And and Matt, you know, the synchronicity, th- this episode of Mandalorian hit the same day. He's playing Bowser in super Mario brothers. Like, what are the odds? Uh, uh,
0: indeed, particularly since, as we all know, the this season of Mandalorian was pushed back for mysterious reasons, although maybe you want to talk about uh, why that might be in a moment. But point being, when they first announced uh, that this season would start, it was not with the intention of, let's do Jack Black a favor and have the Jack Black episode line up with the Jack Black movie that's coming out etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know Pete sometimes there's just it's like George said sometimes there's just poetry back and forth
1: so um next week's episode is clearly designed uh to be viewed in a post Star Wars celebration Europe world what with all the announcements there uh so I will maintain they moved the season back to have the really big ones hit after celebration
0: i will point out pete that next all i know about next week's episode is that it is co-written by dave filoni um and i believe that's the only filoni credit for the season um so read into that what you will Pete. what was the last Filoni uh heavy ep was the what was the feloni heavy episode of season two? Oh, was that the one with ahsoka in it Oh, the, the the one that's a backdoor
1: pilot to another show that one
0: um so again i think that hopefully pete i'm maintaining my spoiler free um visage here um next week's episode is directed by rick famiua who will do that the finale ended the season opener Famuyiwa also uh, a more prominent producer role this season and so forth so again you could take away what you want from that but i think that uh pete for those of us for those of us who don't get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch these episodes normally the fact that for many of us this upcoming week there's some time off i think that it, w- w- my my expectation is chapter 23 uh, next week's episode is going to be one to watch early before before things get spoiled.
1: I would definitely uh, get to it as quick as possible. There's been talk. So last year, the first two episodes of Obi-Wan were screened um, at Celebration. And then we got those episodes as well. There's been talk that that could happen with Mandalorian that this episode could be available beforehand whether or not that'll actually take place but you know given what I know uh and what we'll all eventually be talking about yeah you're going to want to get to it as soon as possible I can't wait all right extend that
0: antenna Pete, we go to our Twitter poll, which was also, by the way, uh, mirrored on our Patreon simulcast. Simulcast, indeed, on our Patreon as a free uh, as a free post there. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Pete, this was not a four, three, two, one kind of week here. What was your favorite uh, appearance of an alum? Uh, so the choices were this. I guess I'll go from least to greatest in terms of the uh, the poll here. The alum from a flute program, that's Lizzo. See, I was also trying to be spoiler-free, S- uh, 17.6%. Uh, an alum from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's your uh, Simon Cassian—that as Axe Wolves, 19.6%. Your alum from Jumanji, that's Jack Black, 25.5%. And of course, Pete, your alum from Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd, 37.3%. Some replies here first one uh ben larson at larson ben even amongst some great directions from other directors bryce dallas howard's episodes just seem to stand out Din Djarin kicking the battle droid was an especially <laughs> nice touch fun episode of law and order mandalorian uh we heard from james sagacious big kill on twitter i thought it was getting corny but i ended up with loving it lizzo stole her scenes glad mercedes mm. is back lloyd will bring down the new republic this is officially the book of bow uh rose ferry at anna rose 584 i thought grogu would put up more of a fight when it came uh to leave lizzo but he went quietly uh, i got a little impatient and stopped watching early on but came back later to finish it and was not disappointed uh but sending christopher lloyd to a place called paraquat that's wrong <laughs> Next, Pete, we hear from Darren Bell. That's at Darth Raslin 79 Another fun episode. Was shocked to see so many cameos, but thought it was a clever way to get the Darksaber passed to Bo. Can't wait to see how many more Rebels characters turn, ups in, uh, turn up in final episodes. Uh, we heard from Kevin. That's KevMan7987, who noted that uh, there also was the alum from the search for Spock. True. Well, we love Christopher Lloyd for that. <laughs> They'll always be uh, the doc to us. Uh, andre yeager at dr in 1983 said bryce dallas howard is a star wars treasure hope they give her a feature-length movie lots of pieces were put into place with this episode i still need to see moff gideon though uh somebody had asked if uh, who was the person from shield uh, go back and uh, check out agents of shield bakshi is a delicious character that you love to hate and simon cassian forever part of the agents of shield family uh, Noel Gardner at Noel Camille said, "I love this Blade Runner, Law and Order, CSI, iRobot, Buddy Cop episode <laughs> that was set in the oh, Pete, she, she had the same joke as me. it was set in the experimental prototype community of tomorrow episode. So much. Grogu is just a spoiled cat. I'm amazed he didn't want to stay with the Duchess. Also, cheating at space spotchy ball. Bryce Dallas Howard is amazing, and Christopher Lloyd just popping up was a pleasant surprise. I'm glad we got the dark saber issue uh, resolved." loopholes uh so buddy cops don't have to fight is an uh acceptable resolution next up we hear from Arya needs a spinoff kclyle1 on twitter finally catching up after vacation great season although much of this episode was sort of throwaway but certainly enjoyable the people whose heads are exploding about lizzo and jack black is particularly enjoyable yep exactly spider ham lincoln tests lc 139 While this was a fun episode with a satisfying conclusion, the celebrity stunt casting of Lizzo and Jack Black was an unnecessary distraction that instantly brought me out of the story. Conversely, I didn't feel uh, that way about Christopher Lloyd i like where the overall story is going and i'm kind of glad that sir grogu has taken a back seat in some of these seasons episodes it's good to focus on a variety of characters favorite moments the ugnaught scene the droid chase through the streets the droid bar where the droids are served nepenthe see picard season one episode seven i was expecting the bartender to tell din and bo they don't serve their kind here and finally bo with the dark saber nice Uh, We also heard from Drive-By Wrestling Pod, that Drive-By Pod, I don't mind known actors playing small one-off roles just to give a little, hey, I know them. While this was a fun episode, it reminded me of my least favorite type of Clone Wars episodes, standalone droid episodes. However, the ending and payoff was certainly worth it. And Pete, last tweet here, Steve Thurberge says this episode felt more TV than most, like when special guest stars would show up during sweeps sweeps week. It was very fun and had movie references to iRobot, chase scene, Harry Potter, ownership rules, and Animal House, Dexter Lake Club. Pete, what responses do you have to the same poll over there on
1: our Patreon? Uh, Derek O'Neill says that it's got to be Bakshi as uh the choice and then kevin coyle uh says that another fun person to see join the star wars universe in chapter 22 was tom holland's younger brother harry playing a star-crossed mon calamari nobleman i hope to see more of their juicy romeo and juliet story also speaking of alumni from back to the future i wonder if we'll ever get Leia Thompson. That would be awesome. I imagine she would be thrilled to join the Star Wars universe. Like Christopher Lloyd before her, both have played characters in another sci-fi favorite of mine, Star Trek. I would love to see her uh, both appear and even direct a future Star War.
0: Uh, Love it. Absolutely. Uh, As I'm sure you know, Pete, she had directed two episodes of season two of Picard. So kind of Mm -hmm. inching inching towards space here to the email inbox we go uh steve adams said this episode felt a little bizarre to me i had hoped for more from christopher lloyd and jack black and lizzo felt a bit like stunt casting i may be wrong but that's just how this episode felt to me the episode the ending was great though i thought they found a nice workaround for getting the dark saber back to bo katan i never felt like din wanted to rule and it didn't seem like the story wanted that either a thought occurred to me regarding the way the mandalorians interact and speak with each other the privateers just accepted that din was telling the truth the armorer seemed to accept his word also never mind the fact that he brought her water from the mine i'm sure she took bo-katan at uh, her word regarding mythosaur even though she played it cool this reminds me a bit of the concept of absolute candor that we have seen in picard do the mandalorians have as uh, part of their code that they're always truthful with each other especially in matters of their culture I'm loving the deep dive into Mandalorian culture. We are getting this season. Bring on the next episode. Until then, stay fantastic. Pete, that from Steve Adams. And I'll refer his question to you. Is there this truthfulness amongst the Mandalorians?
1: Uh, I think, like Axe said, they're loyal. Although, it doesn't necessarily hold with them leaving her alright granted she didn't have the dark saver and then he's pointing it back to you won't take that from Din Djarin so I think we need to see more characterization I know there are people who are suspect of the cultish nature of the the children of the watch and what that may have come to be now but you know, it has put bo on this path to unite all of Mandalore. So, yeah, I mean, jury's out until we see more.
0: Maybe I'll just add, to whatever degree that there are, you know, uh, old-timey Western rule, uh, uh, roots in the Star Wars universe and in these characters and so forth, at least in part you know the 19th century notion of not telling a lie it being a sin obviously there's tons of exceptions to that and plenty of you know wild violence in the west and and that sort of thing but if if you want to tell me the mandalorians are space cowboys that might be for hire or whatever but they they tell the truth and that's just how they are as honorable space cowboys i think there's a i I think there's a, a a carve out for that uh and pete Someone always speaking the truth is uh, Admiral Fred from the Netherlands, whose voice we hear now.
2: Hello, Matt and Pete, and all listeners to Fantastic Geek. This is Fred from the Netherlands with a little feedback for The Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 6. Must have been an expensive episode again, with so many different species, especially at the table of Captain Bombardier and the Duchess. Really, really very nice. Although it gave me a little bit a fairy tale kind of feeling. The combination of The Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland instead of in Star Wars. But uh, costumes, colors, all very, very nice. But perhaps a little un-Star Wars-like. Also very nice with the Duchess is this, with her moving big purple flower behind her back when she was sitting I thought that it's just a part of a chair but then she was walking around and just took it along nice world building with these domes and these high-speed tubes mainly transparent also very cool in other words great visuals this episode fun but also a little weird the interaction between the Duchess and uh, Grogu was of course nice I think this is a good uh, good episode for the younger ones under us, although there were also quite some fight scenes. And Grogu is taken into knighthood. I'm happy by the way that bo is allowed to take her helmet off so that we can see something of Katie Sackhoff. And of course great to see uh, Christopher Lloyd here, the guy is 85 as Commissioner Hellgate, really really cool. Although in parallel also watching Star Trek Picard with also the 80 plus Patrick Stewart really get the feeling that all these old actors still are quite uh, doing some performances and not in a bad way I think. In this whole story, it's a little bit unclear why this Commissioner Hellgate uh, sabotaged the droids. Okay, he, he disliked what uh, Captain Bombardier changed in his world, but what was his plan? Was his, what was his grand plan so that the citizens of this world had to work again instead of only going for recreation? Uh, it's a bit, bit uh, far-fetched and a bit of pity of the acting talent of christopher lloyd it could be a better plot okay that will be all for now greetings all the best fred from the netherlands p.s last thing i want to ask when i listen to fantastic geek podcasts, mandalorian or picar i have some trouble with the maximum volume i can read on my android phone I download podcasts as an mp3 and when I cycle to and from work through rush hour I really have problems and I love to understand them to understand Matt and Pete. Some other podcasts I listen to have a basic higher volume and I have less problems with them. Is there anybody who has similar problems? And if so please let this know to Matt and Pete. But perhaps it's just me. Pete,
0: I love that Fred is picking up on kind of these ethereal Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland flavors. Of course, it kind of transposed to space. I think it's a really heads-up take there.
1: The Hyperloop was a lot of fun here and uh, to be able to move people on a conveyance like this on a a Disney show makes a lot of sense. Um, Don't know that we'll get more of hellgate this season but certainly hoping for more
0: well pete keeping us in the voyage for more are those who support us on patreon.com fantastic geek our thanks to them as they uh make it so we don't have to search out mandalorian mercenaries and so forth so our thanks yet again
1: uh get yourself over to patreon.com slash fantastic geek uh all it takes is a few credits just a dollar a month to get behind that door uh however we're making our polls uh free for anybody to uh participate in and then maybe you'd want to check out some other stuff uh the beauty of that platform that you determine the value you place on the content we're creating for you. Um, And none of this uh, happens without the people helping us out there, so thank you again. Can't contribute right now, get yourself over to Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a rating or review and help us out just as much.
0: Pete, let's keep the Star Wars conversation going ahead of talking about Celebration on Tuesday ahead of the remaining two episodes of this season of The Mandalorian. How can people be in touch with you on social media?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, uh, P-I-E-T-E-R, J, 12,831 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter, is looking back lost. Do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail where we are fantasticgeek Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the P-H, all one word, like it today on the pop culture podcast feed we're back tomorrow for star
0: trek sunday and back on monday for mario monday and back for more star wars celebration goodness on tuesday it's a great time to be alive pete uh and of course back next star wars saturday for the penultimate episode of the season for the mandalorian with that pete i will say adios to our listeners and give you the final word
1: you had me at battle droids